Welcome to a review recap episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I am here to give you all of the reviews for the original Broadway production of New York, New York, which opened up on Wednesday night at the St. James Theater. But first, let's get the programming reminders out of the way. If you are listening to this on Patreon, it is a standalone episode. You can go back and listen to today on Broadway for Thursday, which will be the episode before this one. But if you're listening to this in the regular feed, welcome to today on Broadway for Thursday, April 27th. New York, New York is an unusual amalgamation of a couple different things put together into a new musical. It, of course, is inspired and at least borrows some of the characteristics and the names of its two main characters from the Martin Scorsese movie of the same name. Like that film, this show features music and lyrics by John Kander and Fred Ebb, but not only are there some of the songs, including the title song from that film found in the Broadway musical, there are also songs borrowed from other parts of the Kander and Ebb library. There's also new music written by John Kander and Lin-Manuel Miranda. The book was written by David Thompson and Sharon Washington is the co-writer. The show is directed and choreographed by the great Susan Stroman. Beowulf Bort provides the scenic design. Donna Zakowska provides the costume design. Lighting design is by Ken Billington. Sound design by Kai Harada. And projection design by Christopher Ash and Borat. In the show, Colton Ryan plays Jimmy Doyle. Anna Uzele plays Francine Evans. Those are the same characters, in theory, that Robert De Niro and Liza Minnelli played in the original film. Same names, same general sketches and outlines of the characters, but very different in a lot of ways. Also in the main cast are Clyde Alvis, John Clay III, Janet DeCall, and Ben Davis, along with Oliver Prose, Angel Segala, Emily Skinner, and others. In the plot description, a group of New Yorkers come together to chase their dreams of music, money, and love in the new Broadway musical as spectacular as the city itself. If you can make it there, you'll make it anywhere. Unfortunately, it does not appear, based off of the reviews, that this show made it there or probably anywhere. As of recording time, the review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 14 reviews. One of them was positive, six were mixed, and seven were negative. We will start as we always do with the New York Times, and believe it or not, for the second night in a row, we have a review by a woman in The Grey Lady. This time it is the great Elizabeth Vincent Telly. She was, unfortunately, negative. I'll read from the beginning of her review. There's a big new Broadway musical called New York, New York, and it's based on the Martin Scorsese film bearing the same title. Sort of. Both the movie and the show have lead characters named Jimmy Doyle and Francine Evans. Both are set immediately following World War II, and both prominently feature a certain anthem by John Kander and Fred Ebb. You know, the one whose first five notes plunked on a piano are enough to automatically prompt the brain to fill in the rest. And it is that title song alone, rather than the movie, that is the true inspiration of the sprawling, unwieldy, surprisingly dull show that opened on Wednesday night at the St. James Theater. Extrapolating from its lyrics, New York, New York, directed and choreographed by Susan Stroman, is about the people wearing those vagabond shoes, the ones who want to wake up in the city that doesn't sleep. Jimmy, Colton Ryan, and Francine and Uzele now rub elbows with characters dreamed up by the book writer David Thompson and Sharon Washington. They are musicians and singers, strivers and dreamers, and sadly, none make much of an impression, mired as they are in a syrupy muck of good sentiments and grating civic cheerleading. 
She goes on to talk a little bit about a somewhat disconnect, both in terms of performance and scripting between Ryan's character and Uzeli's character that makes it hard to kind of get into their relationship. She says, quote, they never find the ache that drives both Francine and Jimmy, nor the sexual attraction between them. This creates a central void that further restrains the overly polished book. Friction needs fiction. I'm not sure if that's right. I feel like that might need to be fiction needs friction, but who am I to critique either Elizabeth Vincentelli or the editor at the New York Times? She does go on to say that there are flashes of inspiration, especially in Stroman's uh, choreography towards the end, but she specifically does highlight Beowulf Borat's set and Ken, uh, Ken Billington's lighting design. So there were some positives in there, but unfortunately, very few of them were in the show itself. Similarly, Brittany Samuel of Broadway News was also negative. She wrote, Composer John Kander and lyricist Fred Ebb are the legendary songwriting partners behind the genre staples like Chicago and Cabaret. Those works, first produced in the 60s and 70s, married theatrical spectacle with important socio-political themes. The duo's latest musical offering, New York, New York, however, gets stuck between the two. To talk about the lead performers, she says, quote, Ryan and Uzele are gifted performers worthy of this moment in the spotlight, but they take opposite approaches to the already rickety material. Ryan's Jimmy conjures a feel of the musical's old Hollywood era. He adopts Gene Kelly's tenor and Fred Astaire's gummy charm. Uzele's Francine, on the other hand, is clearly a woman of today, defiant, headstrong, prone to the Gen Z-esque deadpan response. So much so that when she refers to herself as a Negro in one scene, I was, for a split second, pissed off. I prefer my female characters ungovernable, but buying into the main character's romance proves difficult when it feels like they live in two different time periods. Adam Feldman of Time Out New York gave the show three out of five stars, so he was mixed. He said, quote, There are eight million stories in the Naked City, and the new musical New York, New York seems to include about half of them. Set in the 1940s in what the iconographic title tune calls The City That Never Sleeps, this hustling, bustling show doesn't rest for a minute. Robert Hoffler was the one positive review writing for The Wrap. He said, quote, New York, New York, under the savvy direction and choreography of Susan Stroman, ultimately delivers its melting pot message with intelligence, style, and, yes, good old-fashioned razzle-dazzle. Juan A. Ramirez, writing for Theaterly, was mixed, saying, quote, at its best, the new musical New York, New York feels like the Rhapsody in Blue segment from Fantasia 2000, an impressionistic burst of sound and movement coalescing rapturously around a theme. Loosely based on the 1977 Martin Scorsese film that introduced the world to one of the most enduring anthems, it's a loud, brash, and often brilliant ode to the city that never sleeps. Lester Fabian Brothwaite, writing for Entertainment Weekly, was mixed, but did have something that I think could potentially be used as a pool quote, saying, quote, there's still no shortage of shows to see on the Great White Way, but when it comes to pure populist entertainment, New York, New York might be the closest thing on offer this season. Jackson McHenry was negative, writing for Vulture, saying, quote, With that level of talent involved, what could go wrong? A frustratingly large amount. All right, we're going to wrap up with, believe it or not, the review from Johnny Oleksinski in the New York Post. You know, it's got to be something good if I'm including it. He said, quote, Watching the new Broadway musical New York, New York, which opened Wednesday night at the St. James Theater, is akin to being stuck on the tarmac at LaGuardia. You can spot the city's stunning skyline taunting you from across the river. I want to be a part of it, you think. But then nothing happens for hours on end as you're silently trapped there in your uncomfortable and expensive seat. 
Gotta give it to the guy. He's often insulting in many ways, but that is a very good metaphor. If you would like to read more of these and other reviews, we will of course have the Did They Like It recap, as well as the Broadway World Review Roundup in the show notes. All right, that is all that I have for you today. If you're listening to this on Patreon, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when you are listening to this. But if you're hearing it in the regular feed, I will now send you over to the rest of Today on Broadway. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 27th, 2023, the Tony eligibility deadline. My name we is... We did it. <laughs> we did it. We did it, Joe. Uh, on Broadway Radio is Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture editor Ashley Steves. We are recording, of course, on Wednesday, which means tonight over at the St. James Theater, New York, New York, the city so nice they had to name it twice, will officially open on Broadway. It is that as well. Um, This, of course, is based on the movie of the same name, but it's not like the same story, so it's kind of inspired by that movie. But not really. Exactly. Inspired. Four of the songs from the film that are Candor and Ebb songs, but has. New music uh, by John Kander and additional lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda. David Thompson wrote the script and Sharon Washington was the co-writer. It is directed and choreographed by Susan Stroman. The yes. show stars Colton Reina, Anna Ozeli, Clyde Al- uh, Alves, or Alves, I'm not sure, John Clay III, Janet DeCall, Ben Davis, and others. We, of course, will have all of the reviews in Patreon in a standalone review recap episode on Wednesday night. Of course, if you're listening to this in the regular feed, you have already heard those reviews. So I'm hoping that they were fantastic and great. And everybody over at the St. James Me is doing too. well. I always like it when oh, a good always. when a good show is running at the St. James. Like that just um, feels obviously. like a house. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I am notably a massive fan of the St. James. It is my favorite theater on Broadway, and love yeah. when Su- Susan Stroman's back in it too. That totally. delights the producers, Stan and me. Absolutely. So if you want to hear that review recap episode before anyone else, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. In the lead up to the uh, to the opening night, New York, New York also released the first mm-hmm. highlights from the from the show. So you got about a minute and a half of production footage if you want to check that out exciting. in the show notes. All right. I woke up to this news and this was very, very exciting. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, it came from... Good old London town. It is the new cast of the highly acclaimed multi-award winning production of Cabaret that is running at the Kit Kat Club in London's West End. And that is starting about a month from now on May 29th, the recently departed uh, um, Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway, Maude Apatow, will be making her West End debut playing Sally Bowles opposite one of my favorite performers that I've ever seen in a cabaret setting, uh, who has gone on to be a big TV star, Mason Alexander Park, who is currently being able to be seen on Quantum Leap and on Sandman on Netflix. They will play the MC. Beverly Klein will play Fraulein Schneider and Teddy Kempner will be playing Herr Schultz at certain performances. Sally Bowles will be played by Emily Benjamin. Um, I saw Mason I think at one of Robbie's concerts at 54 Below for the first Ooh, maybe. time. maybe. Yeah. And they had been, I think, the standby or the alternate for the tour of Hedvig. And they did a, a mashup or medley of songs from Hedvig. And it was amazing, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and I've <laughs> seen them in a number of other things, both streaming and Same. I believe Same Grace thing. did an interview with them uh, for one of their cabarets. Yes. So absolutely incredible. Mod Apatow. 
Yeah. And Mod Apatel, I guess, saying, like, I only do musicals now, going from yeah, workshop yeah. <laughs> to cabaret. Uh, I love this is that. great. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know anything about her other than her parents, but like. Right. Clearly something that she's been wanting to do and now has a little bit of time not being on television at the moment and notoriety and can take some time and do some musicals and some massive ones at that. So really impressive. Yeah. I will just say like if I was in their position um, and I or not just anybody who has like. I get a little bit of name for myself. I got uh, enough people like wanting to put me in TV shows and movies. Yeah. And then I can just do whatever I want. Like I'm just doing musicals. Like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I totally get that. I'm totally there with Maude. Or the uh, Daniel Radcliffe effect where you make a lot of money as a kid and then do the weirdest yes. stuff imaginable for the, the rest of your career. Stuff. My God. Swiss Army Soon Man. Oh, yes, yeah. please. <laughs> Swiss Army Man is so good and it is so weird. It's by the same, uh, the, uh, the, Daniels. the Daniels who did yeah. everything everywhere everything all at everywhere. once. So mm-hmm. such a good movie. But anyway, um, all right, let's move on to the latest round of theater award nominations that came out on Wednesday. It was the Outer Critics Circle Award nominations. And I will remind you that because I think this is the first time we've talked about this season. Many of these awards that do both off-Broadway and on-Broadway shows that had previously been eligible in previous years off-Broadway will not be eligible on-Broadway except for things that have changed. So, Cost of Living, Kimberly Akimbo, Ain't No Mo, Between Riverside and Crazy, and Kinky Boots are only eligible for the new elements in these. So, don't freak out when you don't hear Kimberly Akimbo in the Outstanding New Broadway Musical category. That that makes sense. We expected that, but every year... It can be hard to remember. So I'll run through these. I am also not going to run through all of the performance categories, but I will do the lead performer categories. And as I know you Instagrammed about Ashley, they have gender neutral mm-hmm. categories. So amazing. We are a big fan of that. Yeah. yeah it's so, yes. so difficult to figure out how to do that. It's uh, impossible, okay. apparently. Yeah. Really difficult. Okay. So run through them really quickly. Outstanding new Broadway musical and Juliet. A Beautiful Noise, New York, New York, Shucked, Some Like It Hot, Outstanding New Broadway Play, Good Night Oscar, Leopoldstadt, Life of Pi, Peter Pan Goes Wrong, Summer 1976, Outstanding New Off-Broadway Musical, The Bedwetter, Between the Lines, The Harder They Come, Only Gold Without You, Outstanding New Off-Broadway Play, Becomes a Woman, A Case for the Existence of God, Chester Bailey, Downstate, Letters from Max, A Ritual. I won't run through all of the revivals. You can check those out in the show notes. But I will mention the John Gaston Award for New American Play, preferably by a new playwright. Dark Disabled Stories by Ryan J. Haddad, Epiphany by Brian Watkins, Fat Ham by James Imes, uh, Wolf Play by Hansel Young, and You Will Get Sick by Noah Diaz. Going nice into the lead list. performer categories, Michaela Diamond for Parade, J. Harrison G. for Some Like It Hot, Caroline Interbickler for Shucked, uh, Colton Ryan for New York, New York, and Anna Azuli for New York, New York. Outstanding lead performer in a Broadway play, Hiran Abbasakara for Life of Pi, Jessica Chastain for A Doll's House, Corey Hawkins for Top Dog Underdog, Sean Hayes for Goodnight Oscar, Otter McDonald for Ohio State Murders. Lead performer in an off-Broadway play, Ephraim Burney, Chester Bailey, Brittany Bradford for Wedding Band, Mary Louise Burke for Epiphany, Bill Irwin for Endgame, and Emma Fights Her Price for Becomes a Woman. And finally, the things that I'm going to run through, Outstanding Lead Performer in an Off-Broadway Musical, Nicholas Barish for The Butcher Boy, Callum Francis for Kinky Boots, that's since Callum wasn't in the original production, eligible here, Jonathan Groff for Merely We Roll Along, Nadie Jones for The Harder They Come, and Marla Mendel for Titanic. Outstanding Solo Performance, I will throw in as well, 
uh, Mike Birbiglia, the old man in the pool, Jody Comer for Prima Facie, uh, Jefferson Mays for Christmas Carol, Sam Morrison, Sugar Daddy, and Anthony Rapp for Without You. Uh, okay. I like this. I like these lists more than I normally do for some of these things. They're not oh, great. God, yeah. They're not perfect. Especially Off-Broadway no. is so hard to it's, encompass. There's too many. It's too dense. Yeah. It's too long. And the work is mostly exceptional. So, yeah, it's hard to narrow it down. Yeah, but overall, very happy with these lists. Excited to see who wins. All right, let's take a trip to Cambridge, Massachusetts, if you will. Because yesterday, the American Repertory Theater announced their 2023-2024 season. And it is, as always, filled with some very exciting premieres. The season will start in September with the North American premiere of A New Myth, is how they're calling it. The Half-God of Rainfall, which is written by Inua Alams and directed by Taby Mager. That will be followed up fairly closely after by a world premiere musical adaptation of Real Women Have Curves, which is a um, – it's based on a play – that was turned into a movie and now it's being turned into a musical. So we love this whole trajectory. That'll begin performances in early December. Music and lyrics by Joy Huerta and Benjamin Vales, book by Lisa Lomer, choreography and direction by Sergio Trujillo. The play was originally by Josefina Lopez. Then in February, we have a world premiere play called Becoming a Man by P. Carl. It'll be directed by Carl and Diane Paulus, the artistic director at ART. And then finally, the most noteworthy of things coming to ART mm-hmm. next season. There are no dates official yet, but I imagine this will have to do with uh, – this will be in the spring, and I'll t- explain why I think there are no dates yet uh, here in a second. But it is the world premiere musical version of Gatsby. We were talking about this yesterday, Ashley. We're always talking the public about Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many versions of Gatsby. This one, though, is the Florence Welsh, a Florence and the Machine version. Music by Florence and Thomas Bartlett. Lyrics by Florence Welsh. Book by Pulitzer Prize winner Martina Mayoke, choreographed by Sonia Taya, and directed by Rachel Chavkin. This is why Perfect. I think the dates no aren't notes. solidified yet. <laughs> yeah. Because busy people. Uh, yeah, Rachel Chavkin. I'm I'm just throwing this out there. Lempika is coming to Broadway next season. We've been waiting for <laughs> it. Rachel Chavkin is very busy. Uh, from what I understand, they would like it to come in in the spring. But houses okay. are still very much in flux. So I have a feeling that Gatsby will set its dates in Cambridge around what happens with Limpico on Broadway. Yeah, so they'll get that figured out um, based off of, of in Rachel's tandem, schedule. Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll get one right so, after the other. Yep. I'm totally, totally excited uh, about all of that. Again, I'm not a huge Gatsby fan, but if you're going to tell I me that this creative team. not. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect not a fan team. at all. But yeah, this creative team seems fantastic for doing something very interesting with that for a show that I normally would not be all that interested in. Let's get into last week's Broadway grosses. We did see one show depart the Great White Way, and that, of course, was The Phantom of the Opera. Unsurprisingly, that led to a pretty massive decline in grosses since that thing was like printing money over the Majestic Theater. Truly. Overall, it brought in um, almost $7 million less across all of the main stem last week, an 18% decline to come in at $31,558,171. Of course, that was not all because of Phantom that has to do with the end of a lot of spring breaks. Total attendance was down 7% to 262,032 seats. That's about 20,863 people fewer than the previous week. The average ticket price, though, did drop in concert with that by 11% to $120.44. In 
Phantom of the Opera's place, The Lion King became, became the top grossing show on Broadway, the only show north of $2 million, to come in at $2,165,365. It was followed by Hamilton at $1.95 million. Sweeney Todd coming in third. Again, they only do seven shows a week at $1.8 million. Wicked is at $1.7, and MJ is at $1.6. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are Funny Girl, Aladdin, Mulan Rouge, Cursed Child, and Juliet, Parade 6, Beautiful Noise, and that is it. Interestingly enough, Parade 6 and A Beautiful Noise are all at $1.1 million and under, so a lot of shows just crossing that line. Book of Mormon just on the outside looking in with uh, $971.8 uh, dollars. Interestingly enough, the the show doing the best that is still in pre- that was in previews last week is New York, New York. It did eight shows, but it was just under a million dollars at nine hundred sixty-seven thousand. Um, and this is when people are starting to get comps in for uh, for whatever different purposes, Tony voters, critics, all those kind of things. So very interesting to see how that does once it opens, especially depending on what the reviews look like. Mm-hmm. The Thanksgiving play. Was at the bottom of the list at $205,807, although, again, Subscription House and it opened last week, so there was a lot of comps, and the haze is very, very small. Tiny, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very, very tiny. So, overall, if you want to check out more of those, you can uh, head over to the show notes and go through all of those grosses. All right, let's move on to some other news. Unsurprisingly, yesterday, Anne Juliet announced that it will launch a North American tour in the fall of 2024. This was done in conjunction uh, with the Broadway Cats performance on the late night uh, on late night with Seth Meyers. We'll have both the information for the North American tour and the video of their performance in the show notes. They performed... Um, uh, since you've been gone, which is always a fun number from that show. It was, uh, Lorna Courtney, uh, Melanie Barish, uh, Betsy Wolf, who had a nice little bit with Seth Myers as well, and Ben Jackson Walker and the rest of the cast. So you can check that out. Um, they've already announced that there will be stops in Charlotte, North Carolina, LA, San Francisco, and Washington, DC in its first year. The rest of those dates will obviously be announced as it gets closer. Also, we got some news from CinemaCon. Disney's new animated musical, Wish, has a new star. We already knew that Ariana DeBose was going to be in it, as will regular Disney voice actor and former Broadway radio guest Alan Tudyk. But we learned that Chris Pine will be joining the cast as Ah. King Magnifico. So uh, this will be uh, pretty interesting. This is a new musical comedy called Wish. And uh, in the show or in the film, Pine's character is the ruler of Rosas, a magical kingdom where wishes really do come true. I'm good with that. Um, It will... uh, It will open on November 22nd, so keep your eyes out for that. We also got word this week that Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS raised an unbelievable amount of money from its Easter bonnet competition. It raised $3,601,335 or... Oof. The equivalent of one week of Phantom on Broadway. I was going to say one, one day, but that works too. Yeah, yeah. No, that works too. Um, the best bonnet competition went to Chicago. The best bonnet presentation was The Lion King with first runner up, The Phantom of the Opera. Um, Off Broadway fundraising was led by Little Shop of Horrors with $54,441. Nice. Broadway plays fund, uh, fundraising was led by A Doll's House at $176,480. Tour fundraising was led by Wicked. 
Uh, Broadway musical fundraising was led by Anne Juliet at $231,536. So good work to everybody who is involved with that to bring in a really, really impressive amount of money. All right, let's wrap up the show today with some feel-good recommendations. First, for depending on your age, uh, this person might be a pivotal person. pivotal figure in your musical loving development but on the view jojo performed firework from uh moulin rouge the musical she also did a little bit of an interview so you can check that out in the show notes but the thing that has me the most excited also part of of cinemacon i believe disney has released the it's not the the music video, what do they call it? Those visual videos? Is that what they call them? Um, yeah, teaser what, trailer, technically, but no, not no, really. not, it's not that. It's a it, okay. no, it's like a music video. It's the entire version of Part of Your World from Little Mermaid uh, oh, by Hallie yeah, Bailey. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like it's on YouTube. You can watch it, but it's not a like. There's no video with it, so it's gotcha. it's just kind of a one of those. I forget what they call them, but uh, she sounds fantastic. I'm so excited to see this movie. Um, you know, some of the, some of the, um, the pictures we got of Flounder on, uh, Wednesday were a little weird. (laughs) Poor poor Flounder. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Looks a little strange. better days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but this is fantastic. Uh, Halle Bailey (laughs) sounds incredible. Very much looking forward to this. Yeah. Really, really great there. So check those videos out in the show notes. All right, that's all that we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday. Check back with us on Patreon to get all of the New York, New York reviews. I've heard some really interesting things about this one, Ashley. I have too, people, but also very little. Some people saying things like, this is the best musical of the year, hands down. And then some people are even like, yawn so i'm very interested to see what people come down on um but you know i would rather have divisive than everybody being you know saying it's mid you know so um, we've already got at least one of those right now so yeah so give me give me something that at least somebody really really enjoys so anyway uh check back with those reviews and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow